Hi, it's producer Chris from The Bugle here. Did you know that I have a new series of my podcast, Richie Firth Travel Hacker, out now? It's the show where Richie Firth and I talk about how to make travel better in our very special way. In this series, we discuss line bikes, Teslas, the London Overground, and a whole bunch of other random stuff that possibly involves wheels or tracks or engines of some variety. God, what a hot sell this is. I mean, you 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 must be so excited. Listen now. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The Bugle presents The Last Post with Alice Fraser. Hello posters and welcome to The Last Post. The final word in this, the most final of worlds. Today's episode marks the 27th of October of the year 2020, the 300th day of this year, which we would celebrate except it's the 301st day of this year, uh, which is a leap year. We missed the anniversary yesterday. On this day in history, Ethelstan, the first king of England, died and was succeeded by his half-brother Edmund I, beginning a cascade of increasingly boring names among English kingery. Your guest today on the podcast is a favourite returning guest, tech bajillionaire and self-made, definitely self-made man, Josh Gondelman. Are you still a man? Do you still technically qualify as a man? You know, it's a difficult question. Scientists have been working on that for about a year because it's just for tax purposes. Uh, But I am self-made, as in most of my body, I did construct myself out of robotics and genetic experiments. Yes, yeah, that's what I mean. I mean, you're you're sort of certainly at least 73% automaton by now, right? Mm -hmm. Most people, I think, are about 70% water. I'm 73% cyborg. And (laughs) I've got my water percentage down to about 14. And the drier I am, the, the better I feel. Coming up today, we'll be talking all the latest in voter fraud for our top story. But first, some headlines of stories we won't have time for. In the news today, according to a recent study, corals on the Great Barrier Reef in Australia have more than halved over the past 25 years, a finding that prompted scientists to again warn that the world-famous landmark will become unrecognisable without a sharp reduction in greenhouse gas emissions. They're telling us this again. How many stories and reports of the death of the Great Barrier Reef do we have to hear before we just accept that we're not going to do anything about it? At this point, I am sick of being confronted by Australia's impassivity in the face of its, like, one non-coal-based asset, which is sexy nature. Like, we burned all the koalas, the <laughs> coral reef is Michael Jacksoning. At this point, I just want it to be dead and for me to stop having to feel guilty about it. Josh, uh, how do you feel about the Great Barrier Reef? You know, I like it very much, but even if it continues to erode, a decent barrier reef is still a pretty good barrier reef. I think we are not <laughs> considering that, right? It was great for a while. The Great Wall of China, if we're thinking about it, not as great as it used to be, still pretty great. I think a barrier reef can be similar. Well, I just feel like, uh, you know, I hear all the time that the Great Barrier Reef is dying and it's like those death scenes in old black and white movies where their death speech goes forever 
or an opera, you know, on oh, daddy, on it's so on. dark. Oh, tell little Johnny not to be uh, sad. Tell, tell my wife I'll I love her. I'll be with her. mother yeah. in heaven. And you just, ah, die already, mm-hmm. you know. Just just take the Great Barrier yeah, Reef just... to Switzerland. It's the kindest thing for everyone. It c- okay, it can mm-hmm. hang on until David Attenborough dies because we don't want to disappoint the planet's grandpa, but... Oh, I think hearing him talk about it would be what breaks a lot of people. Yeah, so once he's gone, we can let it go. Yeah, let it go. Look, also, to protect the Barrier Reef would really do a lot of, uh, would really be a big problem because I have this new startup. Um, it's called Glasswall. And what we do is we manufacture greenhouse gases at an astonishingly <laughs> fast rate. It is the fastest rate. And it, we've got methane. We've got all sorts of gases just being produced like in-house. And... <laughs> Excuse me? I like that list of gases, methane, oh, dot, dot, just dot. methane, <laughs> etc. Of all the, we've got all the classics. I don't need to bore you by listing them, and we make <laughs> them all in house, and we disseminate them uh, unless you pay us. So there is a kind of a, an incentive I have to. Um, not really care if the Great Barrier Reef sticks around. (laughs) Meanwhile, a Russian bot farmer has been interviewed on current affairs documentary show Eight Corners with revelations that would shock the public had not their shock button been desensitised by repeated slamming on it by the news equivalent of aggressive masturbation syndrome. According to Sergei, last name withheld for fear of government reprisals, quote, I can't believe the Americans think they won the Cold War. We've completely destroyed the fabric of their society by poisoning the well of public discourse and they're still going on about the moonlight. What, you think it's coincidence that the fun shared universe live action roleplay detective game that is QAnon inspires mistrust of all civic institutions? You think that's a f***ing coincidence? Thanks for that, Sergi. And that's all the time we have for the headlines we don't have time for. Because <laughs> now it's time for your ads. Your ad section now, because when you've given up on everything, why not try buying something? Do you hate a cactus? Is a cactus your spiky nemesis? Murder that cactus by regularly giving it half a glass of water. Half a glass of water. Kill it with kindness. (laughs) I am with you because, as I said, I'm down to 14% water because the water part of me and the cyborg part of me are constantly at war, a real danger to one another. And uh, so I've I've just become mad with jealousy at a cactus's overall dryness. And I think murdering one would make me feel <laughs> tremendous. Yes, there was that period where you were uh, in the sort of a constant state of electrocuting yourself with your water parts and your side yeah. parts just zapping each other. And I'll tell you. For a while, very sexy. And then it just got inconvenient. (laughs) I was getting nothing done. And this episode of the podcast is brought to you by the Kookaburra. The Kookaburra. It'll kill the f*** out of a snake. And this episode of the podcast is brought to you by Do Your Own Research Monthly, a magazine for the people who want to do their own research with a list of HTML links that are way too long to be legitimate and a beginner mock-up your own government document PDF with eagle stamp included. (laughs) 
And that's your ad section for today. The last post. Now it's time for your top story. Top story today, voter fraud news. Josh Gondelman, uh, you've frauded a lot of people. What's happening in the world of voter fraud right now? First of all, thank you. Second of all, (laughs) voter fraud specifically I'm not supposed to talk about because of pending litigation uh, against both myself, Josh Gondelman, Tech Bajillionaire, and Dwayne The Rock Johnson, who was imitating me for a period uh, on my payroll as a deepfake. Second of all, look, voter fraud, I don't consider it fraud. I think about it as optimizing democracy, right? Because what's more efficient than one person voting several times? I have, as I've mentioned before on the show, an extensive lobbying arm. It's physically very thick and it protrudes from my back. And it, it's fleshy and muscular. And I, I, it kind of makes a fist and, and menaces at government agencies that don't do my bidding. And thanks to advanced analytics, I now understand who my lobbying arm can reach, not just physically, but with its message. And so if I analyze who my message has reached and what demographics they're in, logically, I have the information of who they should be voting for on issues (laughs) I'm lobbying on. So, i.e., e.g., ETC, (laughs) if I file ballots on their behalf because my terms of service uh, of using my programming signs over their right to vote— Why is that a problem? It's statistically sound and it's temporally efficient. I mean, that is wonderful. I still stand by my plan of uh, giving each person a bot farm uh, that they can use to influence the election. So one person, one bot farm. It's a democracy the long way around. That's that's my selling point. I do think, look, bot farm access is something my arm has long lobbied about, uh, fistfully (laughs) clenched. However, if everyone has a bot farm it goes right back to being like if no one has a bot farm so if i have a bot farm and others don't i feel like again we're streamlining (laughs) things right we can't just have everybody voting a zillion times willy-nilly that just creates a lot of uh division literally you just divide the amount of votes by the amount of people and 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 it gets you back to where we started but if bot farms are kind of expensive and difficult to procure, then I think democracy can be maneuvered and manipulated by experts in it, like myself and my my team of uh, research robots. Well, uh, I think that is a fantastic technology. Is it a technology or is it a, it's a is it a philosophy? Honestly, the difference has been blurred just by years of me electrocuting myself and kind of my neural pathways they're not even pathways anymore <laughs> i have kind of a big open neural highway meadow yeah <laughs> it's just just information just f-ing blasts through my skull <laughs> thank you that's all the time we have for our top story today because now it's time for your letters to the editor your letters to the editor now remember you can send a letter to the editor by writing to us at the last post at something else.com this letter comes in from an uninformed pre-orgasmic. Uh, it says, Dear Alice, I was wondering if it were possible for a man to tell if a woman has had an orgasm. If so, how noticeable is it for a man? And is there a... Okay, I see what's happened here. You've written into uh, the wrong Alice here. This is... Um, you're, you're meaning to send this to Go Ask Alice. It's a Columbia-based <laughs> uh, university uh, helpline for people who don't know anything about sex. Mm-hmm. The answer to your question, if you want my opinion, I'm not a, a sex expert, um, is that no man knows anything about anything um, at any time, and that goes for women as well. Mm-hmm. Um, well, look, see... I've invented an orgasm detector. It is kind of a tech innovation. It is, uh, it, it's... Hey, 
It's like an orgasm screening Look, device. Seismic yeah. doesn't matter. <laughs> it is just it's a it's a it's more of a Geiger counter. <laughs> because if I am to understand correctly, an orgasm is kind of a radiate a change in the radiation <laughs> level inside a woman. Or at least it is the way I Well, well yeah, if she comes hard enough, Mothra comes out. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen it's just it happen. a metaphor for the use of weaponized nuclear power in Japan <laughs> emerges mm-hmm. post-coitus from a satisfied woman. And what's better than that? Who among us would argue with a woman reaching sexual satisfaction and helping to defeat Godzilla? <laughs> the only problem is when a woman has an orgasm and then teams up with Godzilla. <laughs> That's a problem. Yeah, it was great sex. She destroyed at least six Tokyos. <laughs> You know, that is a problem that we often have on uh, Fourth World, which is the fourth Earth clone that I've developed, is just Mothra's and Godzilla's just absolutely devastating the several Tokyos. I think this Earth, one of the big problems, too few Tokyos. And so I've tried to solve that. Yes, they say Godzilla's are from Mars and Mothra's are from Venus. (laughs) Which is true. That's the planetary origins. Which is why it takes so long for them to decide where to get dinner. (laughs) different love languages Always Tokyo different love languages <laughs> yeah the the lovely they both sound like <laughs> <laughs> but they mean it's something difficult. different you know they mean something so different and it's very it's very difficult to be attuned to <laughs> even with all the advanced duolingos in the world well, that's all the time we have for your letters to the editor remember you can send a letter to the editor by writing to us at the last post at something else.com Thank you for listening to The Last Post today. We're here in your ears 366 days of this year and we'll be back tomorrow with all the latest news from this dimension. If you're one of our listeners in the other dimension, please do tell your friends about us and subscribe to the podcast for more of this every day. Uh, Your guest today on the podcast was Josh Gondelman. Josh, have you got anything to plug? Sure. You can follow me on social media at Josh Gondelman, G-O-N-D-E-L, man. And I have a podcast called Make My Day. It's a comedy game show where there's one contestant who always wins because they're the only player that week. And uh, at the end, they, they get to donate a $100 grand prize winning to the charity of their choice is a wonderful thing it's a great podcast as well the last post is an alice fraser and bugle podcasts production i am alice fraser find me online at, at alliterative on twitter and instagram that's a-l-i-t-e-r-a-t-i-v-e or commit to the full alice fraser experience by signing up on patreon.com slash alice fraser for a behind the scenes look and my glamorous life the executive producer of this podcast is christopher d skinner his hench thug and sidekick is the inimitable Ped Hunter, the iron fist inside his velvet glove. And as we always say, good luck to you, Christopher, and I'll talk to you again tomorrow. Tomorrow.